If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory, so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash offer. netsuite.com slash offer. podcast i decided to do something a little bit different out of the norm and i decided to do this a little bit more of a pre-taped show than actually recording on the same day and watching a movie and that's how the simple fact is that we're actually expecting a hurricane coming in tomorrow so i don't know if this hurricane is going to come our way or anything like that all i know is it's supposed to go through the louisiana border and go up but I don't know exactly if it's going to affect us at all. But in case, I decided to go ahead and give you guys something a little extra. And that is the fact that I wanted to do the 2004 Ashton Kutcher film, The Butterfly Effect of Review. This is actually part of our 31 Days of Horror. This is a psychological thriller horror movie that I really enjoyed. This movie came out in 2004 of January. And also, too, this movie had a budget of... 13 million and made 96.8 million which is not enough to actually gravitate towards making a sequel but they actually did a straight to dvd sequel anyways it wasn't as good as the first one not only that but this one wasn't very well received from critics or anything like that but i really enjoyed the film for what it was not only that but this is also ashton kusher's first ever time of actually acting in something dramatic something thriller something horror related and that's what drew me into this whole entire thing also too i like psychological movies that actually make you think that's that you you can actually change the past and there's actually a cause and effect with something and i like the whole entire repercussions of cause and effect whenever it's done right and that's exactly what this film is and i'll explain a little bit of that in a few minutes but what this movie actually, what this movie is actually about is a kid named Evan Tremborn, who was actually played by Ashton Kutcher, but whenever he's younger and everything, he winds up having blackouts. Evan doesn't remember even having blackouts or anything like that. His last memory might be, for example, if he picks up a kitchen knife, which actually happens, and his mother turns around and sees him with a kitchen knife. And then all of a sudden he just sees that the knife's in his hand and then he doesn't remember why he even picked up the kitchen knife. So he shakes it off and then next thing you know it, he doesn't remember because he has the blackout. But anyways, so another thing too I want to actually mention is the fact that this film goes back and forth between him being younger to him being in his 20s in college. So I'm going to go on ahead and lay down the groundwork of what of the present day in 2004 present day and then go back into the flashback memories as he's reading the whole entire notebooks and we'll go and break this film down like that so it's 2004 he's in his 20 evans in his 20s and despite the fact that he does did have a 
tough life with traumas and stuff like that as a kid. He winds up being a pretty good student. He keeps his grades intact. His teachers are actually proud of him and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, one college professor actually looks up to him. If he actually misses maybe a day or maybe if he ends up needing an extension on an essay or whatever, they'll wind up giving it to him because of the fact that he tries hard and he's actually an A-plus student. And that's something that I really admired about this film is the fact that you have Evan, who's actually a straight-A student, but behind everything, you have a, a guy who's actually messed up because of all the trauma in his past with these blackouts and also, too, with his childhood, well, his childhood uh, friends as well. And, you know, growing up, Evan and his friends, Lenny and Kayla, and also, of course, Kay uh, Kayla's brother Tommy suffered many severe psychological traumas that frequently cause Evan to black out and I'm going to get to this one in particular because this one actually is the main reason why he even goes back in time and everything too to try and fix the wrong things right and that is the fact that you know Evan doesn't have a father figure. He does not know what a father figure is supposed to do, how they're supposed to act, because his mother's actually a single parent. Not only that, but, you know, his his father's also in a mental institution, a psychiatric ward, and everything as well. So Evan wants to meet his father, but his mother is also telling him, no, now is not the right time to actually meet his father or anything like that. So there's a little bit of mystery element as to why she doesn't want him to meet her, meet his father or anything like that. But, you know, you can actually tell that she's trying to do the best that she can as a mother because, you know, she's trying to fit that fatherly role where, for example, she's trying to take him to school, she's fixing the car, and, of course, she takes him to school. But the teacher winds up telling her, hey, look, you need to come up to my room real quick because I have something I need to actually show you about Evan. So... She winds up showing her this picture that Evan drew. This is very grotesque picture of Evan killing people in the kitchen. And usually that's chalked up as being uh, on the starting rolls of a serial killer because serial killers would actually draw something like that, what Evan drew. But Evan doesn't remember or anything like that. He actually had a blackout, and which also caused him not to remember that he even drew that drawing. Not only that, but the teacher's also very concerned. The mother's concerned at that point as well because she's actually trying to figure out what she can do for her child and everything else. And she's actually, you can actually tell that she cares about her son. Not only that, but also too at first, she's like, well, what is this all about or anything like that? I got to go to work. And the teacher said, this is only going to take a few minutes. The, basically, the topic was, what are you going to be when you grow up? That's when Evan drew that grotesque picture. And he winds up blanking out. So I actually like that scene a lot. I actually like the fact that it glues you into the situations that Evan is actually experiencing. And then, like I mentioned before, uh, after that situation, you know, he starts hanging around with Kaylee and Tommy uh, and everything. And, of course, that's whenever I told, like I said, he doesn't know what a father is supposed to act like or anything like that, but he thinks because this guy had Tommy and Kaylee that there's a chance that maybe he can actually learn what a father figure is. But 
after the parent after his mom dro drops him off over at their house you know the father just bought a brand new camcorder and everything which is not unusual for people to buy camcorders or anything like that and fathers want to actually be do father things with the camcorder and record the kids but the creepiness of this guy you can actually tell that there's something off with him beforehand because he is actually too perfect to be the type of person that would actually want to watch Evan and hang out with his kids, if you know what I mean. But anyways, they, the father goes, look, we're going to go on ahead and we're going to uh, film a movie. The movie is going to be a Robin Hood. After that happens, Evan winds up blacking out he's down in the basement he's naked uh kaylee is actually naked as well tommy's supposed to be playing fire tuck he's up the stairs twisting a uh, doll's head which is very creepy on the way he actually does it in a very sadistic kind of way and then of course you find out later on that kaylee was in him had the father was trying to make them sleep with each other and of course, that's what winded up happening at such a young age. And then, of course, later on, the father kept on touching Haley and stuff like Kaylee as well. So he was actually sexually uh, abusing his own daughter and raping her and everything, which is actually pretty sad. And I cannot stand a sadistic person like that. That was actually something that I hope that Evan would have done to actually recorrect the course and actually maybe do something to him that maybe castrate him because that's what I would have done. But anyways, I really liked this, that scene where it actually fit the tone in what they were trying to do with Evan's character. And also it shows the trauma with it. And then of course, you know, Tom, uh, like I said, uh, George winds up making them undress and everything, which is Tommy's father. And then, uh, then after that happens and everything, uh, that's whenever they run into some other problems though, too, where for instance, Kaylee and Tommy's father, George being nearly strangled to death by his immutilation, uh, molestation father who is killed in front of him by guards. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I actually had that kind of crossed up because of my notes. Okay. So finally, after that ends up happening, the mother does wind up letting Evan visit his father in the mental institution and being institutionalized. He doesn't understand why his father is actually being institutionalized or anything like that. We don't have any groundwork as to why he's being why he's actually in the mental institution or anything like that, being institutionalized. But anyways, next thing you know it, Evan blacks out. His dad is strangling him. All of a sudden, the guards wind up knocking him upside the head. And, of course, that's when, uh, with one of the police batons. And then he winds up dying. And then at the funeral, that's, uh, it, you know, that's actually another thing that actually caused him to actually have trauma which with Evan. And then, finally, we get into the nitty-gritty with Tommy. And Tommy is one sadistic person. I'll be honest with you. Tommy is one of those people that I wouldn't let my own kids be friends with. Nevertheless, hang out with him out in public or anything like that. I would not let my kids hang out with Tommy. But anyways, um, 
after that winds up happening, they decide in the basement, it's a couple of years later, they're actually down in the basement, smoking cigarettes and stuff like that, Tommy, M. Him and his friends, and basically they have the, Tommy has the idea of blowing something up, but what guy doesn't blow stuff up, you know what I mean, like, there's actually times where guys actually do guy things where they actually want to see something explode or something like that but Tommy takes it down to the extreme he gets a stick of dynamite he says let's go on ahead and blow some shit up so what do they do they go down the street to somebody else's house and what does um what do they do they wind up sticking a, a stick of dynamite in this person's mailbox and this mailbox is actually in the shape of a house, which is actually in the shape of the same house that this person actually lives in. But, you know, you actually see the car pull up and you're like, okay, maybe they won't go to the mailbox. Maybe something winds up happening where we won't have to worry about that or anything like that. We'll be okay. But no, instead, the woman who's carrying her baby it's near the mailbox now where the dynamite is. And that's when the ba- they wind up opening up the mailbox. The mailbox then explodes. And then, you know, Evan has another blackout. And, you know, that's whenever they went on ahead and went into the woods and everything. He has no recollection of how he got there or anything like that. All he knows is that he's now having to carry one of his other friends on his shoulders through the woods because he had a dramatic, uh, some dramatic stuff that just happened in front of him. And then at that point, as it goes into seven years later, while entering a girl in his dorm, Evan discovers that when he reads from the absolute, uh, uh, the journals, he can travel back in time and redo parts of his past. Now, I'm actually going to say this. If you actually saw the, the show Boy Meets World with a big dude in there and everything, he is actually playing the gothic guy in this movie. And I really love uh, the gothic per, the, the gothic side of him and everything. I thought he did a very good job playing the roommate. And even then, he tells Evan, I wouldn't go ahead and read these journals and everything. There might be gateways to things that you don't want to open or anything like that, you should just close them, so it's bad whenever a gothic person, who's straight up goth, and also into probably Wiccan stuff, and things like that, telling him, look, you do not want to mess with this shit, because it's going to mess you up, but he's already messed up as it is, but I can understand Evan's reasoning for wanting to actually fix things, and then also, too, even in the movie theater, whenever Tommy winds up, uh, beating the hell out of somebody for tripping him and also because of the fact that he sees Evan kissing his own sister. So I can actually see more of a danger for Tommy. And then also too, Tommy also takes Evan's dog and tries to burn him and him successfully does it and everything. And that's also another thing that was like a wow, oh my gosh moment that I did not see coming. It pissed me off to no end to see somebody that would actually be that brutal and that violent to somebody and things like that. But anyways, um, Evan does wind up having another blackout during that time whenever he wants to fight, fight him and everything. But 
it's just one of those movies where you know you're wondering if there's gonna be a good outcome for everything that Evan is actually doing because like I said seven years later um he winds up uh trying to change the past and everything and whenever him and this gothic guy pick up these girls or whatever you know he starts reading these journal entries and one of the journal entries was actually uh him was one of the most traumatic things that actually happened with the mailbox and so all of a sudden he's back at the mailbox he's no longer at his house when the mailbox explodes again this time it flashes back over to him and back in 2004 and then the girl's like do you pass out on all your dates and then you know he wants answers he wants to find out what happened in his past life and things like that so he goes back to the town to see Kaylee. Kaylee says, what What are you doing? Asking me these questions and everything so you can go revisit the past again and put all this stuff back in my head again? No, thank you. All of a sudden, she winds up killing herself. Her brother, Tommy, calls him up on the phone. And now he actually wants to try and make things right, make, some, make amends to try and figure out a way that he can save Kaylee, but also try and be with her. And when he does that, he actually winds up changing the fact that he is now, in fact, part of the Alpha Beta people, which he's actually a prep now. He's not even part of the other dormitory where his Gothic friend is at. As a matter of fact, Gothic people are frowned upon preppy people and things like that. And even they acknowledge that in the film itself where he tries to talk to his friend and he goes, don't talk to me, prep. And he walks off. So I like the fact that they actually did that aspect. I also like the fact too where Ashen Kutcher is traveling through. Is actually just walking through the dorm for the very first time. After he wakes up with his girlfriend Kaylee. And you know she tells him that she wants a quickie. And all this is brand new to him. He is not even expecting any of this. And he's walking around like in a Twilight Zone kind of way. Where... He and I love how the camera pan angles to everything because everything is all fresh and new to him, and you can actually tell in the way the camera angle actually is that it's actually fresh and new to him. And he's not used to actually showering with girls or anything like that. He's used to probably just showering by himself or in a public uh, place with just guys or whatever because. Guys' dorms are different from girls' dorms. Maybe he it's not mixed in like how they do with alpha houses or anything like that but you know i really appreciated what they did with that and then of course you know he wants to try and propose to his girlfriend uh and at that point in time kaylee goes you've been acting off lately and everything with everything that's been going on and then that's when of course she finds out that tommy actually um is the one that's messed up in the head as usual and he winds up coming over there being the hell out of Ashton Kutcher's character Evan and then of course that's when Evan winds up killing Tommy and then he winds up in jail and then you're wondering the whole entire time is Ashton Kutcher going to get out of this situation is he going to be able to get to his notebooks is he going to get out of prison what's the deal with 
with him now. What's going to happen to him? And then also, too, I think Kaylee's over over Evan as well because of the fact that his her own brother's dead, so now she doesn't want anything to do with Evan, so now his life's worst off. And then, like I said, is there's that cause and effect type of thing, scenario where you fix one problem, you're in another situation, and then he tries to fix another problem where he tries to change the fact that the, the kid, not Tommy, but one of his other friends who put the dynamite into the mailbox and everything, he tried to change that scenario up, and he jumps in front of the, uh, his friend and then it blows up, blows him up and causes a reverse effect where he's now with Kaylee, uh, where his friend's actually uh, with Kaylee and he's in a wheelchair, confined to a wheelchair, doesn't have any legs, he's handicapped now and things like that. So there's that scenario. Like I said, there's a lot of cause and effect. This movie actually shows the dramatic chops with Ashton Kutcher. This is actually one of my favorite Ashton Kutcher movies that he's actually made. And you can actually believe that he's actually afraid of what's around, what's going to happen next to him and everything. Because every single thing that he does winds up backfiring. And like I mentioned before with this though, he also tried to tell people too that he can actually time travel and the... And, of course, his own mother doesn't believe him because his own father said the same thing, that he can actually time travel to fix certain things. And she says that you sound just like your father. And, of course, he does flash back over to his father and everything, back to whenever he's like 11 or 12 years old. And he says, look, I'm going to fix this. I can actually fix this. And his father's like saying, he's actually saying, no, son, you cannot fix this. I tried fixing this myself, and I've winded up feeling because of it. And the 12 or 11-year-old Evan is like, no, I'm going to show you. I can fix this. I'm going to show you that I can fix this. And at that time, Evan's blackout shows his own dad standing over him, choking him. And so it makes you wonder if that's actually what happened or if that's actually a cause and effect type of thing where he's actually trying to change something in that future moment. But still, overall, I thought that scene actually works out really well. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of things that he tries to do to redo everything. Uh, Evan travels back one final time to the day he first met Kaylee as a child, intentionally upsets her so that she and Tommy will choose to live with their mother in a different neighborhood instead of with their father when they divorce. As a result, they are not subjected to destructive behavior or upbringings or anything like that. The... They do not grow up with Evan and go to, and they go on to have happy, successful lives. Evan awakens in a college dorm where Lenny, which is, okay, Lenny is actually the guy that he was, at, the kid that he was actually trying to protect whenever it came down to the mailbox situation. And also, too, the friend that was actually, he was trying to carry whenever his friend passed out during the whole thing in the woods as well so that was that that's the character's name is Lenny and then of course Lenny is also the one who winds up with her whenever Evan sacrifices uh, himself to protect Lenny and he winds up with Kaylee at that moment and then he changes it again <laughs> and like I said there's a lot of things where you know you change one thing it causes another thing to actually change as well 
not for the good, not for the better, might actually change something for the worse. And like his father said, that is something that cannot be fixed. And Evan tried everything in his power to actually change it. As a matter of fact, whenever he tells Kaylee at that party back when, he, when he's little, he winds up saying, you're ugly, get away from me, I don't want to know you. Or he winds up telling her to go to hell. Either way it goes, Kaylee doesn't want anything to do with him. And then a couple years later, eight years later happens in New York City. They both see each other in passing. And at that moment and everything, you can actually tell that they actually know each other. Think that they actually saw each other before in a past time, but they don't actually talk and speak. They go about their business and they walk away. Now, there is an extended scene that you can actually watch on YouTube. I actually have the DVD of it, but it's basically where Evan is still a baby inside his mom's stomach, and basically he strangles himself as a baby, as a fetus, and he winds up killing himself with the umbilical cord, which causes him to die, which causes Tommy not to know him, which also caused Kaylee not to know him, which also caused Lenny not to know him. And that's actually how that ending plays out. I prefer the original ending opposed to the director's cut re um, ending because at least it, there's a little bit of a happy ending. Lenny is actually Ashton Kutcher's roommate. At least he actually has one friend out of the whole entire situation versus nobody, which versus him being dead. So that's why how I like that ending. But... To me, the the scene that actually stands out, and I know I touched on this a little bit whenever he's in jail, but I just want to talk about this for one minute, and that is the fact that when he was in jail for murdering Tommy, you know, his mom's trying to get him out of prison. She brings one of his, or two of his books, whenever he wanted all his books, and she couldn't find them all. But, of course, you know, whenever you're in prison, if you're weak, and show weakness, you're going to be their bitch. So, of course, he has a couple of friends that are in the inside as well that are there for him and stuff like that. But you're wondering, how is he going to get out of this thing alive? So what does he do? He proves to this guy who has faith because he said, he asked him, he goes, do you actually believe in the spiritual realm? Do you actually believe in Jesus? Do you actually believe that there's another life in this world? He says, yes, man, absolutely. So, anyways, he winds up uh, pretend. Anyways, the guy who's actually picking on him in the jail cell and everything takes his notebooks. So, they cause a little bit of a riot, him and his friends do, uh, Evans and his friends do, and he gets the notebooks back, and he said, I'm about to show you that what I'm telling you is true, that I can actually change the past. So the guy is thinking that he's really fucked up, that he's way out there in left field all by himself. So anyways, he winds up reading a couple of passages out of the book about the drawing that he made back when he was in school. He t gets the teacher's attention. Evan gets the teacher's attention and takes his, uh, this, these uh, needles or... I don't know how to actually describe it. It's actually where you actually take the sticky notes and you actually put it on this little stick stand just for that. And he takes his hands and just whams, back, slams his hands on that table to where they go through his hands. Next thing you know, there's scars on his hands. And the guy's like, man, I didn't know that <laughs> or anything. 
goes, I thought you were just making this shit up. But now I believe you, man. I believe you. So, you know, he winds up believing him. Next thing you know, he gets out of the prison that way. But that whole entire sequence of him trying to figure out a way to get out of the prison, to try and get the notebooks, and also, too, even whenever he doesn't have hands or anything like that, he needs somebody to actually hold the notebooks and everything for him to actually read. Thankfully, Lenny is around to be able to be that person. But Lenny is all types of screwed up, though, in his childhood, in the past Lenny. Um and everything back when he was little and everything he screwed up because of the things that Tommy did to him and everything because Tommy put him through the ringer between the dynamite and between uh burning the dog and Lenny trying to save the dog and a bunch of other stuff but if you're looking for a good movie where you're actually looking for something to watch for a psychological thriller I strongly recommend that you guys actually check out The Butterfly Effect. The Butterfly Effect is actually streaming on HBO Max right now, so you guys can actually check that out. And that's going to be it for the show. I know this is actually a little bit short, but, you know, I wanted to give a little bit extra to you guys, you know, because I'm not sure if I'm going to be on tomorrow or not. So this is my way of actually giving back to you. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And tell me what you guys think of The Butterfly Effect. Let me know what you think of all the movies that I've been reviewing. Another thing too, on Thursday, Tamika's going to be back on the show with me. We're going to be reviewing our 2009, the 2009 film, or well, 2007 film of Rob Zombie's Halloween. We're going to be talking about that. Then on, on Saturday, Crichton is going to be on the YouTube channel with me, a YouTube live channel with me. And for the Movie Lovers Unites YouTube channel... And later on, after our, that episode's done, we're actually, that movie that show is actually going to be converted into audio f- uh, format, to where you guys can actually listen to that po- uh, that that episode as a podcast episode. But you guys can actually catch that live at seven o'clock Central Time, eight o'clock Eastern Time, and you guys can go on ahead and write in questions to Crichton and things like that, and ask us a bunch of questions. This is his one-on-one interview for a short film that he did called Blinded by the Darkness. It's a short film that he's just releasing for Halloween. I hope that you guys actually enjoy that. Another thing, too, guys, we're actually on Apple Podcasts now, and pretty soon on SiriusXM, we're on Apple Podcasts and wherever you go get your podcasts from. Another thing, if you guys feel like donating towards the show, you guys don't have to, but it's greatly appreciated. Go on ahead. Drop some um, money on that coffee and donate a couple cups of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash movie lovers. It'll be greatly appreciated. It's just my way of actually trying to get some digital movies out to you guys. If you, That's what the money's going to be used for, as well as maybe some better sound equipment, some better stuff for the podcast itself. And then, of course, you guys can follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook can follow me on Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite, and we also have, of course, a website Movie Lovers TV, uh, Movie Lovers You can also go on ahead and follow us on Pinterest at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite, and then finally on Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter, and then you can also follow me, of course, at John Diagorio Eight on Twitter. And always until next time, it's been a pleasure, guys. I hope that you guys have a nice, safe night or safe morning. Or whenever you listen to this podcast. And I'll be back again on Thursday. So I hope that you enjoy this review of The Butterfly Effect. And I'm planning on doing a Frighteners movie review on Friday. 
So I figured that would be a great way <coughs> to actually do that, to actually have a Frighteners review on Friday. So I can't wait to actually talk about that. So always until next time. Bye, guys.